Thank you for listening to Abide Church. At Abide, you belong before you believe. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Gio Munoz. If you want to turn today to Matthew 24, we started a series last week called Kingdom Culture. And what we did is we tried to establish this premise that we believe that we are a part of a culture that is different. And so we learned a prayer that the Lord taught his disciples to pray, and it was very simple. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what, what we tried to break down to the very basis is that there is the kingdom of heaven and it is real. And that kingdom is trying to break into this kingdom. The Bible is clear that there is, a, there is a person called Satan that is on this earth, and he is trying to establish dominion, meaning he's trying to reign and rule on this earth. While that is true, the same truth is, here's, here's, here's another truth, that you have been giving the keys to the kingdom to destroy everything the devil has done on this earth. Right. Meaning, I, meaning I, don't get to, I don't get to look at situations and exclude myself and say somebody should do something about that. That means I, I live in this reality that I am a powerful person. Not because I'm powerful, because I'm great, but because Jesus lives inside of me. And when he lives inside of me, everything changes. Impossibilities have to bend the knee to the name Jesus. It changes the way I view things. It changes the way my finances flow. It changes the way everything works because in the kingdom, things don't work the way they do here. And so last week, we established that we are a peculiar people. The Bible says that we are of this world, in this world, but we are not of it. We are a different breed. And, and, I, and what I wish is that the world would embrace that. Yeah. That the church would embrace that, that, we would stop, that we would stop trying to look so much like culture that we would not be able to tell them apart. Come on, I'm serious. I'm not talking about being some weird freaking thing. where you're, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is that there should be something about my demeanor that when I go through storms of life, people are like, why does he handle it that way? Why does he love people who talk crap about him? Why does he refuse to give up on people who constantly run the other way? Because Jesus. Because the Bible says that we have been made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, and they love not their own life even unto death. My life is not my own, and yours isn't either. <laughs> and so God has been calling us as a church and as a body. I'm not talking about just here. As the corporate ecclesia, he is calling us to come forward and to step into this kingdom culture. We don't live in this world where we try to, 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 to make things work and to cope with what the world throws at us. No. Everywhere that we go, we establish the atmosphere. We change what's going on around us. We give people a new lens to see through, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this week, the Lord, through various, through prayer, through various things, he's been speaking to me and then Stephen about, about this remnant. Listen to me. Listen to me. We, we have said and we've proclaimed from this pulpit, we're not trying to build a church, we're trying to build an army. Now in my army, in my army, there are no reserves. You know how in the army there's sometimes like, I'm a part-time, I'm part-time in the army. No, 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 no. In this army, you're full-time. In this army, we believe that you have been given and trained by the Holy Spirit 
to do and destroy what God, what God, everything the devil has put in front of you. And so the Lord spoke to me, and this is one of, one of the strongest words that has ever settled in my spirit, and I want to release it to you. And the Lord said this to me. There is rising up a generation of uncompromising revivalists who are lovers of Jesus. Say, that's me. They don't work out of obligation, but they serve out of love. And listen to me. They are willing to lay down their lives every day, and they're willing to pay any price to carry the anointing. You understand that? We're willing to pay, and there is not a price too high. If I love, if I love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Now, now you need to go all the way back to realize that God is love. Furthermore, you have been made in the image of God, so let's change it. i got to read this differently. From now on, this is Gio is kind. Gio is patient, even when he's frustrated. Gio is long-suffering. You understand what I'm saying to you? That you have to begin to see yourself the way that God sees you because Jesus came and died on a cross so you can be, be, that you can become what he originally wanted from you. And so God created Adam, and he looked at him, and he said, it is good. <laughs> he didn't say it's kind of good. He's good on Sundays. He's good sometimes. It is good. And what Jesus came and died for is to restore that so that you stand before the Father and once again he say, it is good. That's what he died for. It's not to cope with alcoholism. It's not to cope with drugs. If you're in that, I get it. I was there. But what I'm saying is there's a better way. There's a better way and there's freedom. And God is trying to rise up and it looks like something. I long for the day where this remnant would rise up. Many churches and many pulpits, there's one of two extremes. Either they're preaching in this world where, where they're, they're like, they like exclude themselves from all the brokenness. Last week he talked about somebody who killed themselves from this pulpit because it happens in our community and it's not okay. So you had that extreme where we exclude ourselves. We're just, we're just living in la-la land. Then we have this other extreme where all they want to talk about is hell and how we're not good enough. And if we would find somewhere in the middle where we would realize Jesus is worthy of everything. In Matthew 24, I want to read this to you. Jesus is talking, and he's sitting on the Mount of Olives. And the disciples are talking, and he's prophesying about a time that is to come. It's, it's the sign as to when, the, when he's returning and coming back. And then Jesus said, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. Now, that phrase goes more than, it goes even beyond saying, I am Jesus Christ. It's, it's, when you really break it down, what it's talking about is things elevating themselves above the name Jesus. It's a spirit, I don't know if I can go here right now. It's a spirit that tries to invade to create lordship of something other than Christ. How can I break it down easier? It's, it's as if this spirit would try to get us to relegate God to Sundays and to live our normal lives when God is everything. There's no part of us that is not spiritual. That's Gnosticism. I have a spiritual life and, I have, and then I have my Christian or my normal life that doesn't exist. Everything we do is spiritual. And so what he's saying is do not be misled by this spirit that is trying to woo you into the world and distract you from what really matters. Are we on the same page? I, I, I could break that down more later. And you will hear wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. These things must take place. 
but the end won't immediately follow. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in parts of the world. But all this is only the first of birth pains. It's the first of the signs. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, killed. You will be hated in all the world because you are my followers. I know people don't want to read that, right? Like, we don't want to read. We don't want to hear that. But the truth is, whether you're experiencing it, it's happening. We did life with people in Mozambique and in Mexico. They were persecuted for the gospel all of the time. So, so I wish uh, there's this slumber over the church in America where we think, well, we got time because this is, no, 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 it's happening. Yeah. It's happening right now. Many will turn away from me and betray me and they will hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. I wish that it would have gone on and said, with a grace message that has no responsibility. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom of God will be preached throughout the whole world. Say the whole world. So that all the nations will hear it and then the end will come. Now I have been in many services where they have read that scripture of Matthew and they have stopped short of the truth that there will be a people who will rise up. Anybody can preach about doom and gloom, wars and nations and famines. We're experiencing, listen, you don't got to be prophetic. I don't got to be prophetic to know there's people in this room that struggle with depression, oppression, any oppression. You don't got to be prophetic. But what God is looking for would be a people that would step in and say, what about that last part? (laughs) I know that there's darkness and it's overcoming, but in the midst of this darkness, my light must bright, my light will shine bright. That we would realize that this remnant is rising. That we will not compromise. We will not compromise the gospel. I'm not talking about law. I'm not talking about legalism. We say it all the time. We're talking about love. Love requires. Love requires. It requires time. It requires effort. It requires sacrifice. And so God is calling us as a church. He's saying there's a remnant that's coming. What is remnant? Remnant in the dictionary, it's this. What is left over, usually a small part, a remnant. But but in, in the Bible... I want you to hear the biblical meaning, the word shahar and lima. Those are the Greek and the, and the Hebrew. And here's what it means. What remains of a group of people after most of that group have been destroyed or lost through dispersal, brought upon by apostasy. Now, I want you to hear. I don't want you to disconnect because this is important. I don't care if you're a new Christian. This is important. Apostasy means this. A total desertion from one's principles religion, party, or cause. It means I have deserted, I have stopped letting the main thing be the main thing. It means there are things in our lives that have become, that have occupied our headspace to the point where I have walked away from the original truth that Jesus is everything. It's not Jesus and or Jesus or, Jesus is everything. And so what does this remnant look like? Because we hear, listen, we live in a world right now where nobody wants to hear about holiness. Nobody wants to hear about holiness. Don't talk to me about holiness. That's legalism. No, it's not. It's godliness. It's like this old, don't talk to me about purity, man. That's old-fashioned. Let me do what I want. No. You are giving yourself. 
I love what Stephen was talking. We were saying, he's like, man, I was talking to somebody, and they were struggling. And there was a man struggling with, with whatever. I think it was pornography. And the, Stephen told the guy, you need, to, you need to know that when you do that, Jesus is sitting right next to you. Say, well, I don't want to say that. That makes him uncomfortable. He's with you. Whether you want to feel it or not, he's there. When, when, when I'm struggling, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm angry with my wife, when I, he is there. And he is grieved. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not this mystical dove bird. He is a person, and if he can be made glad, he can be grieved. There are times where, where things are happening, even in our church services, and we talk to our team, and I, I would just say, I don't feel like that made the Lord glad. Well, what if that hurts somebody's feelings? Well, that's the problem. We live in a world where we'd rather offend people than offend God. I don't want to be offensive, but there can be nothing in the, in the world that can get in the way of this vertical thing. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's nothing worse, nothing, nothing, there's nothing worse than losing the presence. There's nothing worse. And so what does this remnant look like? I want to say a few things because last week we talked about being a different people. We're like, well, what does that look like? Like, because we can get weird. There's videos on YouTube of people, like, huffing people's graves and laying on people's graves. Like, it can get really weird really fast. But that's not, that's not what God is looking for. What God is looking for, here's the first thing. The remnant will not compromise. They will not bow. Say they will not bow. I'm serious. They will not bow to religion. They will not bow to tradition. They will not bow to sickness. I'm not saying if you're sick, you're in, you're, you're in wrong. I'm just saying doesn't own you. Come on, boo. It doesn't have legal access. And so I continue to believe and I continue to claim your kingdom come, your will be done. We talked about it last week. In heaven, there is no sickness. Therefore, I sh that should not be my reality. Well, what if I'm still sick? I understand. We still have flesh and different things, but God is bigger. That's the lens that we see through. God is bigger. I don't succumb. I don't give up to what the world says. And so God is looking for a remnant that would rise up and that there would be, that there's no more bench-warming Christianity. There's no more bench-warming Christianity. Are you alive? What does Jesus say about you? He says this. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Now, that's hard for me because I like to be hidden. If you've been here long enough, you know I'm like, let me hide myself, just me and Jesus, and I can see these people, you know, on Sundays. For the most part, it's just be us, Lord. And even Saturday, somebody came up to me yesterday, and the person said, I need, I need to tell you, you have got to stop being hidden. I'm like, oh, man. Even my lens, even my lens, because to me, hidden is a good thing. I'm like, I'll just stay with the Lord in isolation, me and him, me and him, him and me. I can do it all day. Uh, me and my wife can be around. I like her. My kids. <laughs> I let some people in. Not crazy. But here's what I'm saying. Even in the midst of following the Lord, it can become so easy to say, I'll just stay here and not live out what God is saying in Matthew. You're a city on a hill. He didn't say you shouldn't. He said you cannot. You cannot be hidden. And then he says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, Geo. 
Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will what? Not so that you can be praised. Catch this. It's not so people can say, wow, you do so good. We let our good deeds shine. We serve him so that everybody can see, so that everybody will praise your heavenly. They can say, wow, he is good. So that everyone can say, man, he really is as good. Man, like we sing songs. Like why? Why are they so wild when they sing? Well, listen, I, it's just personal for me. It's just personal for me. I watch football and basketball games, and I can't let somebody worship LeBron better than I worship God. It's personal. Like, I love basketball. And sometimes I'm in worship, and I'm like, I'm just here, and God's like, man, you, you get more into that game than you are to this. And I'm in the room. And so God is saying, you are the light of the world, and I'm trying to use you. He's talking to the people around him. I always got to make this because I feel like people exclude themselves. Well, Gio, you can shine bright, and we'll just attend, and it's great. We'll look at your light. No, no, no. You shine bright. You are a light. In the middle of, well, I have, I struggle. Okay, you still shine. Your struggle is just further proof that you are a work in progress. That we are normal people. That we're not going to walk, how are you, brother? I'm blessed and highly favored. My life is falling apart. My life freaking sucks, bro, but I'm blessed and highly favored. It's awesome. I want to punch you in the face, but I'm blessed. You see what I'm saying? If more people would be real, then people would be attracted to your light. Sorry, guys. And so God is saying, you, you are the light of the world. And so you go now. Well, when should I go? Well, I don't know. Like, there's this thing in the world, right? We watch a race, and there's like this ready, set, go. It doesn't work that way in kingdom. Very rarely in kingdom will you feel ready before you go. It's like, God, God says, go. I want you to go to the nations. Okay, God. Well, I want to feel ready first. No, 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 no. I said, go. I'm like, well, crap. What about the money? I, I didn't. I'm not interested in that. I said, go. And so they're like, well, when, when will I go? Well, go. And then as you go, I'll make you ready. And when you feel ready, then you'll be set. It's so backwards. And it's so uncomfortable. But that's what it looks like to rise up. It's called living a life of faith. <laughs> this is so simple. I hope that my prayers that I always preach this gospel is so simple you understand it. That the, that the Lord is saying, listen, you can't, you're never going to feel ready before you go, and until you go, you will never be set. There will always be this sense of discomfort. There will always be this thing inside of you because you were born, born for more. You were born for more than sitting on a pew. You were born, that's why we're mobilizing Ephesians 4. The fivefold comes to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It's why they come. It's not so the apostle can say, my name is Apostle Gio. And the prophet's like, listen, I hear from the Lord. That's not what this is. It is for the equipping of the saints. So if we're not equipping people and sending them out, the church is not functioning. It's why outreaches are important. It's why we launch people into ministry. It's why we have pastors and ministers. Because people should be walking out the gospel. You may not be called to ministry, but you can cook bacon. <laughs> Saturday morning, you can scramble some dead eggs. I'm serious. Yeah. 
You say, well, what point, what's the purpose? So you can shine bright. Part of the thing is those people don't understand why we would show up and drive half an hour to serve them breakfast. What are we doing? We're displaying the goodness. They're praising him because they're seeing his goodness. And so we refuse to bow. We refuse to not have a voice. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood. Ooh, I love it. They stood in the midst, in the midst where everybody else was bowing. You read the story in Daniel. Let me give you the scripture, Daniel 3. I don't want to read the whole thing. But listen, everybody was bowing. He had built a monument. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the time, time, had built a monument of himself. It's what's happening in the world today. You got media, you got culture, everybody's building a monument unto themselves and they're saying, worship me. Addiction, worship me. Poverty, worship me. Poverty is a mentality. It is a mentality. You can have money and still be broke. I don't know how else to tell you that. And so here they are, and and picture Thousands of people, the king is standing, there's instruments, there's this huge statue, and he's saying everybody has to worship the statue, and they play the instruments and people bow. You, to me, it's like, you know the wave at SeaWorld, it's like, people are bowing, and then off in the distance, there are three crazy, three crazy kids, and it's like, you're standing up to the principality, he was the strongest man in all of the nation. But there was this conviction inside of them that says, I cannot bow to that. You understand, you have to get to a place where you say, I will not bow. I will not bow to doubt. I will not bow to fear. I will not bow to the limitations people put on me. I will not bow to religion. I will not bow. Everybody else is bowing. Buildings are full. Everybody else wants to do their kumbaya. But will there be a group of people that they say, I refuse to bow to anything that does not lift high the name of Jesus? This is the Christian life. You're like, well, I'm just trying to get my life together. This is how it happens. You stop bowing. You stop bowing to everything that comes into your mind. You stop partnering with that thing. And so Nebuchadnezzar gets mad and he brings them forward. And he says, you will bow or you will go into the fire. They're like, listen, I don't care what you say, O Nebuchadnezzar. My lens is sarcasm there. I'm sorry. My God will deliver me because they knew who he was and who they were in him. And that day, three crazy kids stepped into a fire because they were unwilling to compromise because there's something about the fire. The Bible is clear that there is a baptism of the Spirit and there is a baptism of fire. It's clear. The baptism of fire, it purifies us, it cleanses us. All of the impurities, just like that gold ring you have on your finger, it had to go through fire for all of the impurities to leave. And and what happened when they stepped into the fire is three men walked in, but there were four men standing on the inside. Not one string on them was burned. I'm telling you, when you choose to walk into the fire, you will not come out the other side burned. Oh, no, yeah, it's like, amen. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But this is the invitation to the next level. I don't have milk for you. I'm trying to give you meat. 
They step into the fire. And what happened after that is they saw God in the fire. The angel of the Lord. Uh. And what happened because three men chose not to compromise was the whole nation was changed. Maybe, maybe, maybe the reason. Maybe the reason we don't see the revival we cry out for or the things that we're pleading for is because we're unwilling to say, you know what, I'll take one for the team. I'm serious. I can't drive to that person's house, man. I got boundaries. I'm okay with boundaries. I'm just not okay. I'm not sure God is. I'm not saying kill yourself, man, but I, but I am saying that there are times where I can't, I can't give that. I can't do that. I, you know what's one of my least favorite words? My son, when he says the word can't, it's like, I tell him, like, we don't use that word. <laughs> because I'm not going to raise up a child with limitations. He comes up to me and says, I'm flash. I say, yes, you are. <laughs> he walks into school in the morning. She don't know what to call him. One day he's Spider-Man. He's like, and, and she looks at me like, are you going to stop? And I'm like, no. That's the problem with the world. We've told children, you can't be this, you can't be that, you will not, you cannot. So if he wants to be flashed till he's 16, I'm buying him the red tights, bro. I'm buying him the red tights. Here's why. Because there's going to come a day where the world will try to put in front of him all kinds of things. You can watch porn. You can sleep with whoever you want. You can talk however you want. You can drink whatever you want. And when that moment comes, I want Judy to say, you know what? I refuse to bow to that. It's not I can. It's I won't. <laughs> I won't. And we're raising up. You who are parenting, man, people who I'm just a stay-at-home mom. You're not. You're raising up warriors. My wife has a way more important job than me. And what God is looking for are people who would step into the fire and say, I, I, I will not compromise. And here's the truth. You can't do it alone. God didn't say, I'm raising up lone rangers. I'm raising up a remnant. I just want to say to you, we are better together. The Bible says a three-strand cord is not easily broken. And I, I wish that people would get this. I love that in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was not one guy. There are others. Daniel went into the lion's den. I get it. But I love the prophetic picture of me and my brothers. If I have to go through the fire, I'm going to go through the fire. If that's what it's going to take for people to see God, I'm going through. I hope you guys know I'm not talking about real fire. If you're new, you're like, dang, these people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have furnishes laying around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm talking about trials and difficulties here, people. It's okay to laugh. But there's something about community. It's why we say we want to be good at practicing the presence and about family. Because, hear me today, you need people. If you didn't need people, then why would the devil always try to isolate you in your struggle? Why is it that when we struggle, we feel like, I can't talk to him, he's going to judge me. And I can't talk to her, she's full of crap. (laughs) 
It's because the enemy is trying to isolate you. And he will put any thought in your head. Listen, he'll use people. I'm just trying to tell you. But there's something about community that changes us from the inside out. And we need each other. The remnant was small, but it was still a community of people. When the Holy Spirit fell in Acts 2, you need to read it. When the Holy Spirit fell in Acts 2, there were a lot of things that happened. The wind of God blew. There were tongues of fire. They were speaking. But the result of the Spirit falling, it wasn't anything that was said or was preached. They just thought to themselves, the Holy Spirit came. Thousands are being added unto us. What do I do? I got to get together and I got to break bread. By Acts 2.42, they were getting together and what they were doing was community. This community was not organized by the church. Try and tell, listen, you got to hear me. Because if you're waiting for the church to supply you with community, we got this backwards. Like, well, I wish the church would schedule more. It's intentional. We don't. Because you have got to, we have got to get to the point where I'm going to say, I'm going to get, you know, this awkward thing. I'm just going to get it and say, I just want to, Stephen, I just want to be in your life. Me and Steven sit at the kangaroo on the side where it smells like urine sometimes on plastic crates and we talk about Jesus. People all around us smoking, all kinds of people. I'm just going to sit there on his break and I'm just going to talk to you about Jesus. And when we begin to do that, something changes inside of us. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, we begin, the rough edges begin. Listen, you need someone in your life that you trust more than you. John Valentine champions this. He's, we need people in our lives that they would speak into us and we would say, ah, I don't like that, but I trust you enough to submit to that. I'm at least going to take it to the Lord. I was going to the gym. I know you can't tell yet, but it's coming. I know it's coming. And I used to go to Crunch Gym. And I, and I would work out, and at Crunch, you know, you do your own thing. You, you can get a trainer, but it's like $15,000. So, so when Christmas came, there, there was this thing where I would go to the gym, and I'm like, I'm not motivated enough to do this by myself. There was a season where I was. When I first came here, I was like 204 pounds. Those of you that, that were here, you know. I had too much pizza and all kinds of things. And so in January, I thought to myself, you know what? I need something different. So I went, I signed up at a place called Orange Theory, and one of the things I noticed was, as I was surrounded by people, I began to work harder. Even in the beginning, sorry, I just think about things like this. When I first walked into the class, there's 15 people, and you have a partner on each side of you, so I'm like, I got to strategically sit. Like, I got to find some chubby people, (laughs) and I'm like, who can I sit next to where I don't look like the worst one in class? You may be more saved than me, whatever. So I'm sitting, but here's what I realized. I hit a point in class where I'm like, man, I want to try to sit next to a person who's more fit than me because I know that the way they exercise is going to push me to be better. <laughs> now, we, we have this thing in kingdom where we love to be around people that are equal to us or underneath us to make us feel better about ourselves. I can receive from you if I think that, you know, I'm not going to go there. But what if you found somebody and you said, you know what, you have, I'm a firm believer of this. I can learn something from anybody. I may not know you, but in, in 30 minutes, God will speak something to me through your life that I'll be like, oh, man. 
I needed to learn that today. If you stay humble like that, you can change the world. It's called childlike faith. And so in the kingdom, I wish that spiritually we would look for people and say, there's something about, I'm not going to get next to people that are going to gossip, that are going to talk, and that are going to fuel the things that we struggle with. I'm going to look for people that they would consecrate and say, what do, how do you live your life? Sometimes I'm driving down the road and I call Stephen because I know he's in a tow truck and sometimes he's crying, sometimes he's weeping, sometimes he's like, I can't even work today. What does that do for me? It stirs something in me. I spend like 90% of my week on phone calls and text messages, but sometimes I just need to hear, yeah, God, somebody's getting it. And I know lots of you are. I know lots of you are. But here's what I'm saying. As iron sharpens iron. You cannot go into the fire alone. You have got to lock arms with people and say, I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I'm going to let you into my dysfunction. I'm taking off the mask. I'm going to let you see me. And here's what I can promise you. In this church, you will not be judged. As we open ourselves up, the Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. That we would be able to be honest and vulnerable. How are you doing? I'm not doing good. Okay, how can I pray? Because prayer changes things. <laughs> we mourn with those who mourn. We laugh with those who laugh. We do life with people. Can I read you one more portion? Do I got time? I got time. Revelations. Revelations. It says this. This is the Lord speaking. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. But I wish you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I need you to hear this. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you, I advise you to buy gold from me, a gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me that you will not be ashamed of your nakedness. I can't go into that. I will, I promise. And ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I correct, this is the Lord, I correct and discipline everyone that I love. I want to hear that, Gio. I don't like correction and discipline. If he loves you, he's going to do it. We love John 15 without realizing that pruning is uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I love it, Lord. I will abide. He's going to prune you, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to feel good. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Indifference meaning turn away from not being sure of what you want. Pick a, pick a lane. Now, many people would say here, and you know kind of our theology at the church, neither hot or cold. He's talking about Heropolis and another, and another place. And, and some people would say, I would wish you were hot so you can come with me, or you were cold so you can go. That's not the context. God would, the Bible is clear. I would that none would perish. That's why he came, so that everyone would go. Here's the problem. In Heropolis, they had hot water. The hot water was useful. It was good for healing. It was good for cleaning. It served a purpose. I can't remember the other place. Let me look at it real quick. I think it's Seropolis. Are you good? 
Oh, Jesus. Colossus, yeah. Hierapolis had hot water. It brought healing, restoration, comfort. Colossus had cold water, which was pure, and it was refreshing. It brought refreshment. The problem, listen to me, the problem with the people he was talking to is they had lukewarm water, meaning the water they had was good for nothing. Here's what I'm saying. Do something with what you have. Lukewarm water could be made hot. It could be made cold. Pick a lane. But don't live in indifference and live with lukewarm water and say, well, it is what it is. It's not what it is. It's what you make it. It's what you make it. Can I pray over you? I want to pray. Why don't you stand? Can we just close our eyes for a moment? I just feel to do this. Listen, if there's anyone here today, you're saying, man, I'm, I feel far from God. I feel far from God, and, and I don't know what's going on, but there's this thing inside of me that's pulling and drawing and saying, I want more. Would you just right now just raise your hand? Yeah. Anyone else? I just feel to do this today because I feel like the Lord's like, man, it's, fresh, it's, it's redo time, it's fresh start time. Yeah, I want us all to pray. Listen, put your, everybody put your hand over your heart. We're all going to pray this together. Whether you're saved or not saved, it's indifferent. Can we all just say, Lord? Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice you made. And I receive your gift of grace. God, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. So right now, Lord, Wash me white as snow. Change me from the inside out. Give me the capacity to walk into the fire. And help me, Lord, to live for your glory. Lord, we will not live in different lives. We will choose a lane. Oh, say, Lord, I will be the remnant. Say it again, Lord, I will be the remnant. Choose me, God. I'll do whatever it takes. Small step, big step. Whatever it takes, I'll do it, Lord. Heal my heart, yeah. Heal my heart. Help me to see you the way you see me.